is up, everyone? This is Jesse HS with the Sight and Sound podcast presented by Heart Guide Media. And today we have a very awesome guest, someone I've been wanting to have a chat with for a while. So definitely pumped that he is a guest on the podcast today. Uh, we don't have many uh, podcasts that are as, uh, that have a, a big prolific musical output as this guest does, but he has been involved with several bands that I've been a fan of and many of my friends and people around the globe have been a fan of for the more than 20 years uh someone who has sung in throwdown played guitar in adamantium probably most well known to many people who are into heavy music through 18 visions being the guitarist and, and songwriter in that band for over 20 years and uh my guest today uh is keith barney keith what is up hello thank you very much yeah of course man i appreciate you given some time to this podcast uh i know myself and a couple friends that have been on the pod that have ran this podcast have uh appreciated the musical output you've had um and all your bands were kind of at the forefront of when i started going to shows so i started going to shows early 2000s um so one of my first shows was an 18 visions throwdown show in syracuse so and that was when the the wheels started spinning say okay this also in that band and and then started putting it all together and uh being straight edge too from syracuse you'd think that uh earth crisis would be my entryway into straight edge and stuff which it wasn't i was well aware of like earth crisis and you know path and all those bands but uh once i saw saw throwdown and saw 18 visions and all these bands for some reason that was like the the pushing point for me to really dive into and discover straight edge which is, yeah. is funny because literally Earth awesome. in my backyard and it took uh, it took you guys from orange county to uh, well you know earth crisis helped me get into <laughs> straight edge and also so then that all came through me and then eventually to you <laughs> exactly we all stand on the backs of our former, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, so I'm going to dive in. I got some stuff I just want to talk to you about. Uh, a bunch of, I'm not going to bore any of our listeners with the, you know, 18 Visions. We, anybody who knows the name knows what you guys have done in the genre and musically. And obviously you guys broke up 2007, you reformed 10 years later. Um, I've heard that story. I'm sure people who are listening that are invested into the, the 18 visions saga, um, know that, but the return, I guess I want to start there. Okay. Uh, when you guys returned and you put out, and it wasn't like you guys just returned and like, we're just like, Hey, we're going to play like a show here. You guys came out, you had a, a beautiful layout with like, you know, pictures every, so every week or so with like counting down and it was well thought out. I thought it was an awesome way to, in an 18 Visions fashion, very, you know, uh, epic, uh, you know, theatrical, for lack of a better word, I guess. I, I really appreciated that. And you guys didn't, like I said, didn't come out and just do like a show or two. You released a full length album and a hometown show. And uh, you did shows right up until I think, uh, what was it? This is Hardcore 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, so what was it like, I guess? coming back after all that time, but then being able to go and record and put a full length record out and just kind of like, I mean, you guys obviously weren't full time, but like to be able to put a full length out and play shows and yeah. to kind of, in most senses, just get thrown right back into the 18 visions uh, wheel. How was it? <clears throat> um, so obviously, you know, we were broken up for a long time, but like, you know, music didn't end there. You know, we are, James was still doing stuff. I was still doing stuff. Um, but every once in a while, the kind of the need for to to kind of write, demo, record, 18V type stuff um, kept kind of coming back to me. Um, and I know James felt the same way. Um, and... So when the whole talks came, came up, it was like, you know, there was a huge thing of like nineties nostalgia that was like starting to happen, like right around there. For and sure. like people were like showing up with shows with like old 18 V shirts. I don't know where they found them or they bootlegged them or whatever. 
And so like we were getting hit up to play like certain festivals, like, Hey, why don't you guys get back together and like play until the ink runs out or, you know, stuff like that. And my, definitely my, like my, you know, pure musician, you know, before hardcore, before anything, I, I fell in love with music and I fell in love with bands that were very creative and, and music was really important to them. Obviously, then I found hardcore and that like transferred over to that as well. And like, um, but but making music is like super special, important. It's like a need I have. So when so when the whole thing started getting, you know, brought up for me, it felt we didn't want to be like a nostalgia band. Like we didn't want to get stuck into like we only play shows where we play old songs type of thing. Um, of course, like we love all our stuff. So we would love to play all that stuff too. But like from the, okay, if we're going to do this, like, here's another chance for us to like reopen the floodgates on like songwriting with ATV, you know, that was always personally for me, my favorite part of being in any band was like writing the songs, demoing the songs, going into the studio and like producing the music that like I had like in my head. Um, and then after that, you move into like a whole different like mode, which is playing live, you know, um, and then you start spitballing about how do we present it live and this and that, you know, which is another fun thing. But it always starts with like just the writing of the music. So from the very beginning, that was like a super important to me is like, I don't want to get back together and just like do like a bunch of old stuff. Let's get back together and like just pretend like, like, OK, now let's write let's write some more stuff. We didn't have any like shows in mind uh there was nothing set up at that point we didn't even know we were going to do a full length it's like let's just start writing a few songs to, and then it turned into like okay maybe we'll do an ep and then of course like as things started rolling i just started writing more and more shit <laughs> and like and um we were just having a lot of fun and then um yeah we got into the studio and then everything relating to the show or how we were going to come out of the gates from there um we kept all that stuff pretty much under wraps between us and then okay, now it kind of gets sense, like, this is going to be like a full length. Okay. So now how do we help, how do we get this out the door? And like our long-term friend and manager, Biggie, like he helped kind of like think us through like how we were going to like um, kind of come back out and, and do all that kind of release stuff. And we really just set up that one first big show. So let's see how it goes. And then like, after that, all the other stuff started rolling. And so that's, you know, that's, I guess that's something I've always appreciated about uh, 18 visions is, that you guys kind of had like the ethos of like a of like the blue jean like nirvana go out there and like it's raw and it's chaotic but it was also thought it was it was thought out though yeah every every time i went to i mean that dude that when i first started going to shows you guys stood out to me because you weren't like the rest of the bands on the bill i mean and that was that's like the story of 18 visions like and so many people just i i think either if they didn't get it they later got it or if they didn't get it they never got it but i i like that i saw people kind of have like a visceral reaction one way or another like was pumped on it or was just confused by it and then mm -hmm. later back into the mid 2000s and stuff when you guys were making those leaps i you guys have, have talked about it uh on a million interviews and in a million different uh outlets where you talk about you know every every album was like a leap and it was yeah. whether or not those fans stayed on some fell off but you'd also grab new ones i yeah. loved that uh as someone that kind of stuck with every leap i don't know what it was about the presentation of it but i i always loved like the theatrics of it because no other band was really doing it that was as heavy as you guys and yeah. uh, for you guys to put out an album like uh, Obsession that was obviously a big jump from Vanity and Vanity was a big jump from Until the Ink Runs Out. But yeah. I love that you guys, that's what always killed me when people would be like, oh, well, 18 Visions isn't as heavy as they were. And then I would bring that friend to the show in 2005 when you guys played a little venue in Syracuse in February 2005. And he was there for the, the Tower of Snakes pit. And he literally <laughs> looked at me like as the strobes are going off and he looked at me he's like holy shit and i was like yeah dude that's on the new fucking record we were trying to do different creative ways of approaching being in a heavy band you know what i mean it was I like can, i can totally see that you know it was like uh yeah uh 
what's a, what's a new creative way to approach this? And, you know, using all of our influences and everything we've, we, where we come from to like pull different pieces and interesting ideas from as far as like the, the visual aspect or the aesthetic step, you know, I'm a designer. Um, I, I, so I, that, you know, that's my date. That's my career. Mm. You know, I'm a designer. Um, like, especially specifically with like obsession, that was like a really fun one to work on, like on the album artwork I was, cause it was just, it was like a real concept, you know? Um, and you know, those were my friends that were in the pictures. I had a friend who I just kind of art directed. I was already like doing design and stuff like that anyway. So we kind of like art directed it. And that was just like another creative outlet. You know, everything we For had sure. was like, Hmm, what's another creative out? Like, like at the time, Ken, uh, he, uh, he was like the real like technical wizard. So we'd get together before a tour and be like, Hmm, what do we want to do for these tours? And be like, what if we made our cabinets look like a bunch of TVs? Um, and then we play our movie samples that are from our record on those. How would we do, you know, and he would like talk to his dad who like knows how to build all this stuff. And he would like build these things and, bring them all together. And that's eventually how we got into like using lights and all that kind of stuff. I mean, from our perspective, it was like, it was DIY. We didn't have anyone holding our hand or anything. It was like, right. You know, and, and it was just another, yeah, we were just always looking for extra ways to like be creative and our, our brains were just kind of always turning. And it's just the, the fact that when you guys did return getting, I, I guess, uh, circling back to the return, uh, for someone that's been like, I mean, I was into, I was into some heavier bands and I had gotten like a trust kill sampler and I like found you guys and poison well right around the same time and started going to shows right around the same time. So when I saw you guys, that's when I was like, I was almost, I feel like I was almost hesitant. I was like a punk kid, like listening to like older seventies punk Ramones clash shit like that. And I like some heavier shit and I had heard hate breed and like Bane and I'd like some of that shit. But when I saw you guys, I think that was my bridge because I grew up on like classic rock. So yeah. like it was like my bridge to tie in like, I mean, not that I, I don't think anybody's ever said probably like, oh, like Led Zeppelin and 18 Visions. Like it's, you know, but for me, I could kind of, there was something there. Like I like Led Zeppelin and then I like Alice in Chains and then I like like punk shit. And then for some reason, I appreciated the the theatrics, I guess. And I thought that was very, I mean, for lack of a better term, like a little like rock star tinge that you weren't getting in like hardcore with like that dirty, like, I guess, like rock and roll snarl that like hardcore bands don't always have. They're more just like straight up, like straight to your face aggressive. They didn't have like swagger for lack of a better term. Um, And when I heard you guys, that kind of like pushed me into that. But then I was discovering all these other bands that were like, you know, that spawned in a, a, a different plethora of things. But when you guys returned, I liked that it felt it felt natural. And I would every so often there would be like some random like thing posted by like James or something talking about like he'd post like a, you know, like a, a VOD like video or something on Twitter or 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 social media and say something about heavy music and i would get a friend that would text me and be like do you think they're ever getting back together do you think they're ever gonna do something? uh so when you guys did i appreciated that you kind of it felt like you tied everything together the nail logo came back which i was pumped that's been that just like that visual of the nail i've always been a fan of and yeah. i've loved it on the merch so you guys come back the nail logo is back the old splatter logo is back but you listen to the record and you have those super like gnarly songs like crucified uh and oath um but then you also have spit and picture perfect and fake leather jacket that has like that shit that i loved on like obsession and then into the self-titled you guys kind of like just threw everything in found a way to incorporate i feel like everything that 18 visions was and put out like a perfect record where I was literally be like, this is exactly what I wanted and new 18 visions record to sound like. Oh, that's so awesome. Thank you. And I was so, (laughs) I was so pumped on it. And um, I feel like a lot of people I think were shocked that it was as heavy as it was, which to me, it didn't make sense because you guys always like, I listened to something like off self-titled, like, you know, truth or truth or consequence or black and bruised. I can feel like the heaviness in it that 
like a, the different heavy that you were talking about. Yeah. Um, that I feel like some people just, it, it maybe went over their head and they didn't appreciate like the heaviness of it. But I, I like that. It felt like you guys tied everything back together. So you guys come back, you release that record on rise. And I was able to see you guys. I think three times I went down to Baltimore and saw you guys do a headlining show there. And then a couple of days later you played, I went to Buffalo and saw you okay. guys play uh, every time I die is a holiday show, the tid the season, oh, yeah, yeah, which, which was gnarly. And then I caught you guys at uh, this is hardcore 2018, and seeing you with a, a f- with a friend at that, he hadn't seen you, you guys in the better part of 15 years, early 2000s, you know. Yeah. So when he saw you and I told him, I was just like, dude, they they go through all different like eras, and like. And he's like, yeah, but are they playing until the ink runs out shit? And I go, <laughs> I go watch dude. And he's like, he's a couple years older than me. I'm in my mid thirties. And he was just like, holy shit. Like I wasn't like, these guys sound like they literally didn't take any time off and they've been actively touring for the last 10 years. And it's, you know, we, those, it's not like we couldn't play those songs. Right. Like, right. Right. We just, we were in a different place as we were moving along from record to record when we finally got, when we, when we broke up and got off that train, we had time to kind of like not think about 18 V for a while. Right. So it was almost like this kind of like a reset. And like, I mean, I never stopped listening to all that kind of stuff. I, I, you know, I did this monument to thieves project. I was doing some different things that were just like, you know, they were like local, just, I I mean, I I need to be part of bands. (laughs) Right. So I was just still doing stuff and still making heavy music, whatever. Um, And then, I mean, I really liked the way you described doing the you know the the record when we came back because i mean that's that's really what we were going for um we never fell out of love with all the different genres that we kind of explored um but we were in the exploration process we were we were you know previously we were doing this and finally it was like oh so now that we can like start from scratch like what are our strengths and so that's when we started to pull from all the different aspects that we thought or strengths, um, you know, mixed in with just like what would be what would be fun to do, and we were just all on the same page at the same time, so it just worked out uh, that way. Um, yeah. So after that comes out, something you guys did, um, and I don't know if this was strategic, and I have to ask because I thought about it. So the the repress of until the ink runs out, when you guys reissued that with like. Uh, other artwork like different artwork and like some of those older photos from that era yeah that was released on the 18th like around the the 18th year anniversary of that was that strategic yeah okay i I figured i figured as much and it was the same thing with the vanity reissue the vanity issue was 18 years after as well yeah (laughs) well i i i figured it was but i was like it'd be funny if they didn't realize that it was and they did it like that but uh, we are fairly strategic, so it's, it's not there aren't too many coincidences. Yeah. Uh, so when you guys repressed Vanity in early uh, 2020, um, what was it like going back and because uh, you guys obviously re-recorded uh, Vanity and you broke like glass? What was it? What was it like? Kind of did you guys revisit the whole record for that, or was it just kind of like, hey, we'll we'll re-record these two songs and put out a reissue? Um, what, did you guys revisit that record and kind of reflect on that record? Yeah. Um, for the repress, I've just same with until the ink runs out, like, um, you know, when we did that, like, I just, it's very hard for me to just like put out the same thing again. Like that would be very easy. I'm just not interested in easy. Right. Like what would be cool? Like what would be interesting? You know, Oh, let's take the original artwork from until you and we'll shoot it a different way and repackage it. And like, you know, that that's cool. Or yeah, with vanity, it was, I, you know, I was, over time I've, you know, really, really gotten interested into like engineering and like, you know, recording music and stuff like that. So that was an opportunity, me opportunity for me to like, um, Oh, maybe, you know, what, what could I do? You know? And so we took a few of those songs and be like, what if we record, recorded them with like, you know, modern, you know, everything, like how would they sound, you know? Um, 
and even in, in within some some of the parts of those songs we kind of revisited a few ideas in those songs and like slowed certain parts down slightly mm-hmm. changed this whatever like it's just a i just love molding and and trying things um so that was really fun to to revisit i mean so like what did we do we did we did vanity and what was the other one we did you broke like glass oh yeah you broke um those are ones that we've been playing in in most of all of our sets you know anyways you know right up until the end you know so um they were like songs that we knew we would continue to play and all that kind of thing so those were why those were chosen really so with that was self-released as was inferno um mm-hmm. and you dived into the producing chair taking on all the producing for inferno uh yeah. and and uh the the two vanity re-records as well right yeah um so what was it like and so it was it was so awesome to I don't know, just see that 18's continuing on. It wasn't just like, hey, we got a new record and then we're not going to do anything. We get, you know, two re-recorded songs and then we get uh, we get Inferno, an EP of six songs that is like next level dark, next level heavy. Um, and right when I think like, I was thinking like what you guys would do next, you guys put that out. Now, what's that been like being able to kind of, I guess, do everything in house then? Like, but now you're actually, you are doing the, you are recording the music and you are kind of, there isn't like a, an additional head in there to kind of, uh, spear the goat, I guess. Um, yeah. So what's it, what's it been like being able to kind of take full ownership of that? It's just real, um, it's just so nice to be able to, you know, ex- explore any idea you have at your whim. I just, you know, want, because I have everything, I can try everything. Um, right. I don't have to wait. There's no middlemen. Um, every once in a while, I wish like, yeah, there should be, maybe I could, you know, like a mixer friend or something like that. They give me some input or something like that, you know? Um, but like, it, it's just so nice to be able to get in a room and, and and record vocals when we need to and go back and change things when we need to we're not stuck in like a recording window or anything it's just as much as we want whenever we want whenever we have free time um so it's just very it's just a, there's a lot of freedom there that just keeps it really fun i i i love it. coupling with that is bringing it kind of everything else in house too you guys are doing your own vinyl you guys are doing all your own vinyl releases, which you guys just put out cover record last summer. And finally the vinyl got announced. And uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't say that literally like the vanity repress, the Inferno colors and these colors, cause I'm a vinyl collector. Uh, these are like sick variants. Like this is <laughs> like, these, they, they all look sick and it, to have them in hand too. Like the Inferno ones came out fucking amazing um as did the vanity ones and i can't wait to get to the 1996 ones in hand but you guys are doing everything in house now you guys went completely diy back to like which i feel like i mean we could talk for endless hours about how the the collapse of the uh traditional record company format and everything like that and 360 merch deals and all that shit it it seems like it was the it was the next step that made sense, especially uh, when you guys return to, you know, now you're putting out your own records, you're recording your own records, you're doing your own merch, you're doing your own vinyl. Like you said, is that like, do you feel like you've kind of reached like the point where like, this is how I want to do 18 visions from now on. Like, this is how I want the output to be where you guys are so hands-on and it's all DIY. I think so. Um, you know, everything's a process. Life is a process. I, I don't know what's going to come around the corner really, but, um, but yeah, like right now, like we're perfectly happy with all this. I, it, a lot of that came from, first of all, all, all compliments go to the chef, James Hart, who, who <laughs> that guy will just sit online for hours. Just, 
he's just like sending me text after text with like different, like maybe we could do this color with like this like splotch and then this splatter. And like, <laughs> he's got like so many ideas when it comes to the vinyl, um, which is just so rad because yeah, they're coming out so good. And yeah. And as a record collector myself too, like I, I, I love it. It's just, yeah, it's another piece of the creative puzzle that you, it's just fun to, to play with, you know, yeah. like don't, it, don't, don't think that goes unnoticed too, because like, I'll like, I got friends that are just like casual 18 V fans and yeah. they, they know I'm a fucking nut with you guys. So I'll send them it and it'll be like, Holy shit. That's like, that's sick. Like, yeah. so I, and I've definitely heard bands say like, when they talk about vinyl, I don't think they, some bands, they don't like, uh, care i guess what vinyl is getting put out on most of the time because the record company is like you know dealing with most of it and they're just like oh what colors you want to do so i love that the yeah. colors are like well thought out like I, just Dude. envisioning that like james being like oh like <laughs> look this color like that makes me like uh that makes me happy because it's it's oh, dude, we're nerds just like you just like all the rest of the the vinyl nerds like we're, we're, we're all nerds too and just like yeah it, it's fun to to play <laughs> love it so much so when you guys did uh 1996 we get an original song which is awesome and uh all these covers and again like uh, i've said it a few times already it seems like you guys just you you covered everything i would imagine you would have covered and then some you know exactly you know earth crisis and stp on the same record and yeah. <laughs> and nine inch nails and like it was just do you have a do you have a favorite cover that you guys have done uh all together because you guys have th that's something i've i've turned friends on to too that were like more like alternative rock fans mm -hmm. and i would be like yo they covered quiet you have to listen to it because my buddy in high school is a huge smashing pumpkins fan and i show him quiet and then he gets turned on to 18 v and but out of all the covers that you guys have done, and you guys have actually done quite a bit, um, do you have a couple like one or two covers that you just like you love your version that you guys did? Um, you know, I'm really happy with like how the 1996 came out. Um, them bones really came out. Like, I, I really like how that one came out um the vod cover came out really cool um oh, as from the older ones i i really like how the guns and roses one we did paradise city came out because we really kind of put a spin on the whole ending yeah um so that that was a really cool one looking back like i don't feel like personally that quiet is up to the standard that i would like um more from like a production standpoint mm -hmm. like you know i just like that's another one. I'd be like, I'd, I'd revisit that one. I, we can, right, right. I feel like it could sound better. That one, same with um, Marilyn Manson. These were all, they were all fun to do, but I just sonically, you know, I just not sure it captured exactly, you know, looking back. I, I don't know where you're um... actually, you know, sorry to say, but um, Metallica side, but true on 1996. Um, that one in particular is, yeah, I think that one's pretty special to me. Like, when when Saba True like came out originally, like that was a huge influence on me. Like that riff, how heavy it was, how like I mean, like that like riff could have been Earth Crisis at that time. Um, with then James Hetfield's like vocals on top and everything else that's in the song, of course. But like it was so fucking heavy to be on the mainstream. That was a huge influence to me. That like. Hmm, you can mix these things, you know what I mean? And like that really spun. So, and then, so all these years later, hmm, what, like, let's take Sabbath true, but then like, if instead of on the hi-hat, it's like on the crash is like, how can we make it even heavier? Like that's, that was fun to explore. Yeah. that That's what I always confuse me about people that kind of, I feel like they'll blindly defend those first four um, Metallica records and rightfully so, because they're amazing. And then they'll shit yeah. on the black album. Dude, the black album's got riffs of Wolf and Man. Like, oh, yeah. Come on. Come on. Especially like you said, uh, Sad But True being on like uh, getting radio play and shit like that. That riff like that's yeah. like that's what I don't. That's what I, it blow, still blows me away to, to some degree how heavy Metallica truly was on the black album. And then that's when they blew up like the most. 
Yeah, totally. Like a simple heavy riff, you know, with like good catchy vocals, like, wow. Yeah. It's such a, such a mad. And, and, you know, of course, production wise, like um, Bob Rock and everything he did with that record is like, you know, renowned forever and ever and ever. And, you know, turn the pages, you know, years and years and years later, when we did the self-titled record, we, we got to use like the snare they use with, with, you know, that was like, these are things that are like, Oh my God, I can't believe I get to do this. You know what I mean? I mean, that alone, like, and I love that um, you guys were able to do like two making of uh, add on DVDs for self-titled and for obsession, which I loved. Like, that's like, that's what I am. I'm like a, I'm not like I tinker in bass and I sung in bands when I was younger and shit like that. But like, uh, that's what, like, I love like the ins and outs, even though I'm not a gearhead, I got to ask this one. You guys <laughs> used Fernandez for a while. And my, yeah, my buddy yeah. was like pumped on like how those Fernandez, those Fernandez uh, body styles were. And he yeah. loved like some of those shits you guys were playing. What was the, was there any kind of like backstory as to why you, you and, and later when Ken took on guitar too, played Fernandez. I, I know you've moved on and, and you, I think play a Gibson now, but uh, what was the deal with the Fernandez? How did you get like uh, linked up? Were they like an, an endorser of you? And like, how did you kind of like fall into playing the Fernandez's? Cause that was another visually thing, visual thing too, for me being in a band at the time when I was yeah. you know, 16, 17, 18 years old and seeing you guys play Fernandez. I was like, that's kind of cool. I don't, I don't see anybody playing Fernandez. What the fuck is this Fernandez guitar company? And then my buddy just like looking into it and it's like, yeah, those guitars are like fucking sick. Like it's so random. We'd never really heard of Fernandez before. Is there kind of a backstory behind using the, the Fernandez guitars? Yeah. So I always played Les Pauls, um, you know, when I was younger. Uh, and so I played those in 18 visions forever. You know, they're notoriously big and heavy, obviously. So, um, Fernandez, uh, I can't remember which bands was, were, it was first, but they, they started sponsoring a few different bands. I remember it was like sick of it all. And I can't remember who else, but they were like, like seeping into the hardcore scene, different bands, like were showing up with these. And I don't know if it was like a manager or something at the time that like made the connection with them, but like, they looked like like I love the body style of yeah. the Les Paul, but Fernandez were like twice as light. <laughs> so um, playing them live to like run around on stage, jump around, whatever, like was way better. I used to have this problem with my Les Paul. Like if I, if I like was moving around too much, if I was jumping too much, like the strap would like come out, like, like the actual like fucking nail or the screw would like come out, you know, right. so I'd be like gluing it over and over and over they're just too heavy to be doing stuff like that, you know? So, so we started playing Fernandez live really. We were just, we we were still putting EMGs in them and everything. And um, so that's kind of why we chose to do that. We used, we mostly use Les Pauls in the studio still. Um, And then like, I think on Obsession, we also used like a Schecter. Um, You can see a few different ones that we had in that, in that recording, in that Mm -hmm. video. Um, and then the company Fernandez kind of went away after like we had broken up and all that right. kind of stuff. And then since we've been back together, um, I was like, you know, using my Les Pauls um, again. And then I got hooked up with ESP. So I started playing um, some ESP stuff, like just really over the last year and a half or so. Mm, cool. Now for, I guess, uh, to dive into kind of something that is going to, I guess tie any listeners that are a little unfamiliar with you in uh, 18V, in my opinion, kind of, I won't say you guys invented it, uh, but you guys definitely popularized the movie quote in the song thing. You guys were definitely one of those bands that like uh, it, it stuck out. You're like 18 visions is one of those bands that has the movie quotes in it. And that drew like, that would draw like myself and some friends at the time into some of those songs be like, holy shit, there's fucking back to the future quotes in this, on this record. Like, this is amazing. And later, uh, you know, cause I know, I think disembodied had like an interview with the vampire uh, quote on uh, what was it? The Diablerie. Yeah. 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 I can't remember what song it was. Maybe it might've been 
deity. I can't, can't even remember, but, um, but when you guys were doing shit like that and we saw, you saw more and more bands starting to do it. Um, it, to me, it, it's so, cause this is called like the sight and sound podcast. It's all yeah. about movies and music. And for 18 V the movie thing always really converged with you guys. I mean, the TVs obviously playing your samples on those and things like that. Um, but even your hearing like the river's edge quote in in one hell of a prize fighter and not knowing what that's from and then going to high school and googling it the next day figuring out it was a movie called river's edge with keanu reeves and then checking that out falling in love with that movie it's funny how like a you know a band your band in this instance like influenced like someone to check out a movie then so i i love that like the art of music and film are so like can be so intertwined like that yeah uh is it it was there ever anything other than like this would be cool to like throw in the beginning of a song was there any like thought process beyond that adding quotes to albums and and that's another thing that i love to to kind of add to the end of this question was when you guys came back there was several movie quotes on on 18 and i love that especially because at that point i'd seen even more movies so i knew that that was a wild at heart uh quote on fake leather jacket i knew i knew the they live quote obviously uh i knew the build a butcher quote uh and i was just like oh my god like it just being a a film fan too like it just gets me even more like stoked so what was like what was there like a a thought process beyond like this would be funny or this would be cool like was there like any strategic like planning beyond that other than like this would be fucking funny um Well, first of all, we are so alike. <laughs> we, have, <laughs> we have like so many similar interests. Uh, dude, fuck. Movies are just so important to me. Um, I'm, I'm generally more on the introverted side, you know, so I am perfectly content with like just watching a movie by myself, you know, at night. And uh, yeah, like recently, like when Dune came out, which I was so looking forward to um, just quick little story. Like, so that came out and like, I have HBO and they were playing it on HBO and my wife was gone with the kids somewhere that night, I think. And like, so I was like, Oh, what am I going to do after I get off work and stuff, which I work from home. So I was like, oh, I'll just go downstairs and make some food and I'll watch Dune. And I was literally like, three minutes into the intro of like dune and the like the guys come out of the sand you know and they grab them whatever and i'm just like holy shit this is amazing and i like i just pushed up and i grabbed my keys and i just went to the movies by myself like i had to see it on a big nice screen that's awesome just like and then of course i loved it i was like please don't ever end you know (laughs) like i like went home and then like watched every interview on youtube about dune and so I really nerd out about it, but like the other guys do too. Like, like they, we all, like, we are always talking about TV series and movies and what we're watching and stuff like that. And back in the day when, when we were doing stuff like that, yeah. Like there were other bands that like um, were doing some of that stuff. Um, there was a, there was a, a band from, from way back when uh, called groundwork. They had like some, some movie samples and like, I remember like even hate breeds, um, satisfaction record they had like a sample you know so they were there they were here and there right and as as 18 was like playing live you know i mean i guess as you kind of know like we had a bit of it like an aesthetic and we had like a bit of a vibe which was like we played really naughty music but like we were also silly sometimes we were also like super like um intense sometimes you know all the things that like people are like through a set we would kind of you know and then we really connected with like movies and i think maybe the only strategic thing really was that we knew that movies can create they can put you in a vibe like they can put you in a place like you know even if i listen to like a soundtrack you know if i listen to like the interstellar soundtrack or something like that I may feel like I need to leave the house and like save the world. <laughs> like, like, they're so, dude. like they're so epic, you know, it really can put you in a vibe. So I think, you know, when it comes to the movie samples, what is the vibe that we're going for here? And sometimes that's like, like, we're just trying to be like fucking cheeky, you know, like, right. Right. 
you know, with like Nicolas Cage, you know, or whatever. <laughs> and then sometimes it's supposed to be, or, or like, you know, the back to the future one, you know, like that, you know, whoa, this is heavy. Like, oh my God, like the perfect, that just ended up being so perfect. Like the way that, that, that worked. And some of those, some, some do like that, like um, the bill, the butcher one. Yeah. That one, like, you know, really turned out nice, like such a, such a good t- for the beginning of spit. Yeah. Um, and then we also, we, we had a sampler like way back in the day, like just a sampler live and, and um, Ken would load up like movie samples and then he would like kind of tweak them, you know, and they started like echoing and sounding different. So like he was like making his own samples out of movies, like for the shining one. Um, I know all about cannibalism and there's like yeah. all this delay happening. You know, he was manually doing that all like no on a shit. little sampler. Wow. Yeah. So like he kind of created that and then we put it on the record. We knew that we were going to use it, but like, again, like to our style, we wanted, what could we do with it to change it? You know, or like, you know, could we put something in the middle of the song rather than just in the beginning? You know, that stuff's, fun you know was that the was that the same process for the there is always the manjurian candidate like little thing before love and autumn um yeah yeah that again that one um yeah same thing it's like you know um yeah it was like another layer you know right it's another thing that kind of yeah trying to put people in a vibe you, whether that's you, like something is going to be intense or like the beginning of scene of uh you know, on Inferno. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Like let's, that's very, you know, it's all very intentional. You, you know, I guess I, I never really like consciously thought about it, but 100% having those, having like a quote or something like that puts you in a vibe. And I think that kind of now thinking about it and just kind of like riffing with you and putting it together, that, that really tied the whole theatrical performance of 18 V together too, of putting you in, a mood putting you in a vibe and getting you because and that's a that's a thing too like the hair on like when you guys would play uh and the fucking lights would go down and it would be completely dark and the fucking smoke would roll and and you would there was just a of a vibe it put you in a vibe um so and the quotes too when you're listening when i listen to records and i usually listen to a record in full like i'm not I'm still to this day, like even with streaming and Spotify and shit like that, I'm still like, not like a, like uh like song picker. Usually if yeah. I put a record on, like, I was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta, I roll with the whole record. It's just how I'm still am all these years later. But uh, I just kind of, that kind of makes like even more sense all, all these years later, it puts you in a vibe. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And, and, and we gotta be honest that like, we all have like different vibes and like, we enjoy them all, you know? For um, sure. so, so it's, it's, it's fun to like, just because we're playing metal, it doesn't mean it has to be always, you know, serious, right? Like you can break it up with, with this and that, you know, was that, were you behind the, um, the breakfast club, raise your fist quote then? <laughs> um, I don't remember if that was me or that might've been Tommy our guitar player. Um. <laughs> well, it's still like, dude, all these years later, I can't watch that. F- Cause like for, <laughs> for, for a million reasons, like more so than like throw down 18 V were like, so like formative to my like 13, 14, 15 year old self that like, I can't watch breakfast club when I hear that quote and I hear, would you, could you describe the ruckus? I, I think <laughs> oh, like going right into raise your fist. Like I like, can't same thing. Like if I watch river's edge now, or if I watch wild at heart now, like st- I'll, I'll go back and I'll, cool. it's like ingrained, you know, it's a, it, that's, I mean, exactly what you said. It puts you in a vibe. And when you see something like that live or you listen to a record so many times, like it's going to keep you it immediately. Like I'll li- watch that movie and I'll be like, shit i gotta fucking now i gotta jam throwdown because i get this fucking <laughs> stuck in my head um but i did want to talk about some of your other uh side projects before i let you skedaddle and thanks in advance as we're heading towards the end of this for giving some time uh this has just been like been fucking sick for me dude because i've just been such a fan uh of your output for so long and just like been stoked on everything 18 v's done like i said i've i 
as I, I, I wasn't going to try to play it cool and be like, yeah, I'm an 18 <laughs> fan. Like, dude, I'm, I'm fucking, I've, I've loved 18 visions for as long as I've been into heavier music. Like you guys and Throwdown, like, you know, your projects that you were involved in helped guide me into straight edge, helped me, you know, made me, you know, there's been a few consistents in my life liking the same music that I've always liked and like straight edge and film like that's and you and like you know 18 visions with straight edge kind of have been like a a constant and I kind of like the 18v was always uh if you knew you knew the 18 visions was straight edge yeah like I had so many friends that didn't know you guys were straight edge because you guys didn't have like those songs that were screaming straight edge yeah especially earlier on in your career, obviously. Um, but I always loved that because I, that's how I always felt too. Like I am straight edge, but I'm like, that isn't like the main point of like the output. I don't I don't know what I'm trying to say. I guess. No, I know what I, you mean. I've always appreciated that it was like always there. And for some reason, I, I still had fan like fa- fans. Uh, I still had friends that like didn't know 18 visions was like a straight edge band like uh so when you guys return and you have a song like crucified and oath like i don't know why it just got me even not to sound corny but like just more stoked on the edge (laughs) i was just like i was just like fuck yeah like those big like straight edge anthems like don't get me wrong like obviously you broke and and shit like that like yeah straight edge but like uh when i heard like oath and crucified i was like oh the fucking 18 vision straight edge anthem is fucking here yeah all credits james uh you know he he always did a pretty like cool job of approaching lyrics like in like more of a personal artistic way yeah you know always abstract uh, that's what i've always loved about about the lyrics too Mm -hmm. uh but heading towards kind of the the ass end of our convo can i just say can i just say on that tip like you know especially kind of being in like the producer chair now like when i get together to like record vocals you know with james like it's exciting for me to hear like what he wrote right <laughs> you know like what what lyrics did he write you know because they're just always so cool i i mean it so uh, i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm a fan <laughs> yeah seriously uh and that's a something i i think there's a, a hesitancy to give people their flowers so if if i can give 18 visions their fucking flowers i'm gonna give you guys bouquets and bouquets because you guys deserve it and you've been i think for a while i think you guys were maybe undercredited for a while but i think now i see bands younger bands like uh like knock loose or like even like um i don't know maybe maybe i don't even know if i've seen them wear an 18 vision shirt but i see these newer bands like that you can tell they got that 18 vision stink on them somewhere (laughs) and and i like it and i'm seeing more kids like going on ebay and finding old 18 vision shirts to wear and it gets me pumped um i mean not so much pumped on trying to if i want to find an 18v shirt that i don't have but uh (laughs) some bidding outbidding some 18 year old damn kid but uh but anyway yeah I, i just wanted to make sure you knew I've always been a fan. I've always appreciated everything 18V has done. It's been one of the constants next to straight edge, next to my love for music, next to film uh, that I've just been uh, impacted by your music and just pumped on it. And when you guys came back, like just fucking feeling 16 again, like you guys just put fucking obsession out again, you know, So, giving (laughs) you you your flowers, Keith. (laughs) Uh, But to, to go towards the end, I got to ask, cause I love the, I love the tracks I've heard, but I don't know how to pronounce the name. Is it Duca? Uh, Duca. Duca. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and you're and honestly like, you know, that's not our native tongue. So yeah. I, mean, yeah. <laughs> I could be saying it wrong too. You know, we yeah. looked it up phonetically and everything, but like, right. you know, whatever we, we say Duca. <laughs> so super heavy. You got Cameron from seizures, uh, singing and you're on bass. Um, mm-hmm brutally heavy just like so sick how has that been to kind of switch i guess to uh bass as far as in a live uh format i know you guys have played a few shows but how is that in starting a, another new band like how how's that been it's been really fun i um 
just from it, it kind of happened because I'm, I'm you know good friends with Cameron and um when they were doing their last seizures record I was like just going out and like hanging out in the studio with them which is how I met Rolly who's uh, the guitar player um and and then after just like you know being friends for a little while just like hey like you know Rolly like he's an engineer like a producer and he's got his own studio and um uh so like we would just start meeting there and we decided to start uh writing stuff together so that's kind of how it just started we were writing stuff at home so we're both writing stuff i mean roly is prolific like i mean that dude writes song after song after song it's amazing like so and you know i really connect with that because i mean i've i've kind of typically been the same way where like am i doing too much music you know like I, <laughs> it's um and so anyways like yeah i just think like on a personal level like we all real click and um and yeah th so that's kind of how we we got together as far as like playing bass uh just a just a fun different thing to try um i actually did like a little project that was very very short-lived um and I, I played bass in, in that, like, we didn't even like release anything, but like, um, uh, it was just kind of fun. Um, just, just something to do that was different, something, something else to try. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think I really kind of like fell in love with like, um, bass as an instrument, as I've been more into like producing and, and mixing and stuff like that. And just like what it brings to the table, you know, like looking at it like from, from a different like lens kind of video for sure um you know and we decided we're like should we be like a five piece where it's like ah let's just let's just keep it as a four piece you know um once we got alex on board to play to play drums and everything who was also mm -hmm. in the band teeth with Rolly, they have a band called teeth that's like super sick so he's a crazy drummer and so yeah the four of us just been having a lot of fun we just practiced last night and we have a, a show this weekend so hell yeah man so, uh a couple things i also wanted to mention the never enough record a uh, mm. big fan of that record uh oh, wow. and was super pumped like because 18 visions broke it broke up like and i was like fuck but one aspect i i was pumped on like james went on to do burn halo and i i followed that and you went on and did the never enough record with trevor um yeah. i love that record because i feel like you dived deeper into that industrial feel that yeah. uh, that was felt on the self-titled and shit and you guys kind of went full forge with that sound and i love that record that record came out so awesome well thank you thank you uh, very much. is there like a is there like a stand couple standout songs from that record that you really like because that record again uh harkening harkening back to what you said a different heavy i think too yeah 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 um how could an industrial, you know, band, how could we do that with like the approach of like someone, you know, coming from like, like heavy, hardcore, like metalcore scene, you know, um, how do we fuse that together? Because there's like definitely those, those types of bands that have like really deep, intense music that like, I felt like maybe you could add that extra layer and it could be even cooler. Um, um, yeah, a lot of that came out of our love for Nine Inch Nails. Like that was a huge, obviously, influence. Um, and Trevor um, really got me into Depeche Mode. Um, this is during the time of 18B touring and stuff like that. And I didn't grow up listening to Depeche Mode, but like when they, when he played it for me, or not played it for me, but like when he kind of like kind of got me into it and had like tell me to listen to like records and this and that, like. Um, I was like, man, I've heard this song before. And then the next track, I think I've heard this one before too. Like they're just so memorable. Um, another band that's just like with that puts me in a vibe. Um, and so anyway, a lot of like that electronic type stuff was, yeah, it was something that we wanted to explore and play with. And um, so, yeah. Uh, and we knew uh, Norman um, from Texas. Uh, we'd gone through, he was an 18B fan. And like, he just, when we go through, he would like, you know, he'd come to the shows and hang out with us and whatever. And he has just amazing vo voice. Um, let me think, um, you know, we did a cover. The shout cover, right? Well, we did that one, which was super fun. Yeah. That, um, yeah, that was great. Um, but we also did fade into you, 
um, by Mazzy Star. And that came out really, really cool. But I don't think we ever even got to release it anywhere. So when like we put out a record with Never Enough, and then we actually wrote like almost a whole nother record that we never did anything with. Um, and they're just really just a bunch of demos and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, so yeah, uh, I don't stand out songs from that. Like, you know, I, I, I haven't like looked at it in so long. I, right, right. I know, like, remember that I know to the bottom was one that I really liked. Yeah. Um, and you know, I remember that name, <laughs> uh, but no, uh, yeah, I'd have to look at, I'd have to look at the track list. Um, but there was a lot of songs that I, I mean, I, I loved that project. It was really fun. Yeah, it, it was, it's just sounded fun. And like I said, it just sounded like that next step, like beyond what self the self-titled was. So yeah. I was always jazzed on that. Um, Monument to Thieves. I know you mentioned them too. And you guys did a little touring uh, with Monument to Thieves too. Cause I actually caught you when Disembodied oh, cool. was, was on their return tour and you guys played Syracuse, you guys played the lost. Uh, and I was like, I had already seen disembodied like seven months prior. So I got my disembodied show in because I'd only seen martyr because disembodied broke up by the time I started going to shows. So I'd only seen martyr. So when, uh, when disembodied came through, I saw him. So the second time they were playing, I was like, yeah, I'm pumped to see disembodied again, but Keith's got a new, a new band. I got to go check out monument thieves. I <laughs> love, love that record too. That was uh, another one that was awesome. Um, and another one I have to mention because I'm really interested on this one in summer 2005, I think it was a MySpace was launched X rain X and you and Ken put oh. out a couple songs. Yeah. Dude, those like three songs, like I had jammed like for so long. I had them, had them on a burnt CD. Is there any way to get those songs? I see them on like YouTube and that's the only place I see them. Those three songs were like sick. Is there any reason that that project didn't go any further? Uh, I think just because I didn't pursue it, um, I just did it for fun. It was like, I was home from tour and, and, um, I think especially cause at that time, uh, my timing may be off. I don't know, but like, I think I had parted ways with throwdown and I was really just focusing on ancient visions, but I still had like that in me that like wanting to play some of that throwdown type music. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of where that project came from. Um, just like, and, and again, I, this is the earlier stages of me trying to record my own music. So, you know, I had it at my disposal. So like, I, I, I want to write some hardcore stuff, you know, uh, like I want to write a straight edge hardcore song or something. So that's, you know, that's, that's really how it happened. And, and Ken was the same way, you know, we were in 18 B together, but we also played in throwdown together. Um, uh, he, cause he, he was playing drums for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, we kind of went through like a bunch of different drummers um, towards the end of when I was in Throwdown, and so you know we were touring together and stuff like that. And so Ken really hadn't explored writing music like that. You know, um, he had a, a different type of like writing style. So I think that was like his like oh maybe you can write some stuff like that. You know, and that's that's right. where his stuff came from, and just kind of put them together and. That was actually, uh, that was the first time I saw Throwdown was the, no, that was like the second or third, but Ken was playing drums. It was at one of the Hellfests. Mm. It was the, it was like my second, I think it was the Hell, that Hellfest was like my second show. I'd seen like an 18V Throwdown show and you guys played with like Poison the Well and Lamb of God and American Nightmare, I think it was, (laughs) uh, 2002. It so, was a wild show. I see the flyer all the time because people are like, oh, my God, like that was that was one of my first shows. And um, and I'd seen you guys at Hellfest when you had uh, recently switched to guitar and Ken was filling in on drums and and that point or whatever. But uh, but yeah, man, it's uh, the music. Uh, I think as time goes on, I see I see more and more throwdown older throwdown shirts like people jamming like older throwdown I see you seeing more and more like 18V shirts like pop up. Like I'll see, like, I remember going to like shows in like, I don't know, 2000, you guys are broken up 2008, 2009, wearing my 18V shit. And I'd get like, you know, occasional guys to be like, 
18 versions like you know like that like because it was i was going to like the you know the, the cutoff camo like super tough guy like <laughs> shows and stuff uh and it's funny now like i i feel like the newer age of kids are, are more appreciative and i have definitely talked to like some younger kids that are like in their early 20s that are like pumped on like 18 v stuff so i think it's i think it's it's come back around yeah oh, that's cool that's awesome but hey man i'm not going to keep you any longer i sincerely appreciate like the time you you gave uh for this podcast and i was super pumped uh to end it uh i'll i'll say is there is there a franchise that you're what's your favorite franchise Hmm. As far as movies go, movie franchises. Um, I loved all the Christopher Nolan Batman stuff. Um, I'm excited to see what the Robert Pattinson one is going to be. Same. You know, same. There's a lot of um, that one and Dune. I was like really, really looking forward to. Um, the Dune one came out great, so I'm excited for the the second half to come out. Um, you know, I huge star Wars fan. So I've been watching like Boba Fett and Mandalorian, all that kind of stuff. I, mm-hmm. I feel like they've done like a really good job with those. So those are, those are fun. Um, and I don't, I don't follow the Marvel stuff. Um, I watched some in the beginning and maybe there's some, I could, I just, I don't know. It's like, it's almost like, it's just too much. It's like overwhelming. I've, I've watched some of those movies and they're just, it's like so much action. I just feel like I'm getting punched in the face. I'm just Here's- like, I, I can't do the Marvels either. Like it just, oh, really? I, I, for some reason, and it's like, like, it's nothing that like I'm innately like against. I just, I'm not like, I can't vibe with it right now. I, Have you I heard the band Frontier? I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> you might want to check them out. They're like the most chaotic, craziest shit you've ever heard. Um, <laughs> they're, they're super sick, but like, it's hard to listen to more than like three songs in a row. Cause it's so insane. <laughs> right. That's how I feel like when I'm watching Marvel movies, I'm just like, just getting fucking killed. Um, so I guess, yeah, those are probably, I mean, I have, we could sit here for hours, talk about movies and, um, but those are, those are some of the ones that really, that I love. Cool, man. Uh, is there any movies uh, you're looking for? Is there any movies on the horizon that you're looking forward to? Uh, yeah. Like the Batman one, the Doom one I just mentioned. Um other than that, movie wise, um, are you a Predator fan at all? They got a, a Predator. Oh, yeah. You see that they got a new Predator coming out. Oh, they do another one. Another um, one. Apparently, it's a it's a prequel to the to the very first one. Okay, now that sounds cool. I don't, is, there, is there any teasers or anything? Nothing. I think uh, I think Shane Black, the dude who wrote the original, is back on this one because he was back for uh, what was it? The Predator, the one that came out a, a couple years ago, but uh i'm definitely like i'm there's so there's just i feel like every day you're hearing about something else it's in production and because of obviously the virus everything's like taking extra long so like just in like a severe holding pattern but i'd be interested to see that for sure um another big franchise for me has always been the alien the alien movies um dude my my dog's net my my dog's named ripley so oh, um, sick <laughs> yeah like <laughs> same okay here's here's one for you we'll, we'll, we'll end on this and, and i'm sorry for keeping you too long uh aliens or alien three i like alien three i i've like been a staunch supporter of aliens for a long time but i think about two or three years ago i've turned the corner and i think i prefer alien three that's the Fincher one? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, the vibe of that movie, I, I think it just artistically, you know, I, I think, and there's there's a connection there with like um, the Nine Inch Nails Closer video has a similar vibe as well. For sure. Um, you know, and so everything I, I love, I feel, you know, of course he, he had the best he could do with like, you know, effects and all that kind of stuff. But, um, it's just, yeah. I feel like it's not, I, mean, I love the aliens too, as well. That that's more of, of like, course. A, I mean, it's, yeah, that's like, that's oh, more of like a predator. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like 100% it's more of an action type of thing, which was fun. But yeah, I just felt like there's a, just the vibe of that one. Like was a little, it's almost like how 
Nolan took Batman and like made it more of a vibe for sure rather than just like a comic have book. Seen, have you seen the assembly cut of Alien Three? Assembly cut. So this is a confusing point. So there's a director's cut, but apparently there's an assembly cut. It's called, and it has like extended scenes, and it's like over the three hour mark. Well, I did have like the box set um, that had like extra cuts of like whatever. So I yeah, saw yeah. all those. So maybe I did. I don't. I don't even know if it, that. I've had this conversation before, and I we looked at like the latest Blu-ray box set, and the assembly cut wasn't on there. But I think it was on a DVD version. But apparently mm. that's like the appendix. That's like the, you know the the Blade Runner final cut type thing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I went when Prometheus came out. A friend and I went to um, this. It was so awesome. Like at a movie theater, they had like a Q and A with um, with uh, really Scott, and you know he like came out and like talked about. And then they showed like a how long was it? Like like a really long trailer you know yeah. and everyone in the theater got to watch it and it was like one of those things like you had to get a pass in order to get in and all this kind of stuff no shit. And, uh, that was really cool did you like alien covenant yeah i liked them all yeah same, dude, same. yeah i'm yeah. not i'm not picky when it comes to those ones just because it's just high entertainment value i guess yeah exactly i don't really get too picky like i i, I get annoyed when people like criticize every single movie and you're just like dude <laughs> You gotta try to have a little more fun with it, like you know. <laughs> oh yeah, I yeah, exactly. Like if I if I pay, I'm paying fifteen dollars to go see a movie and stuff. My goal isn't to. I want to take what's what I like about it, not sit there and be like, I didn't like this, and then like this, and then like yeah, that. same. You're you're beating yourself in the head. Like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not picky, dude. <laughs> yeah, <it's okay. laughs> but Keith, uh, it's been an awesome combo, dude. Um, I will say this, and I want to extend an invite. If 18V ever has anything coming out that you want to promote. My format ain't huge, but I like talking to you and I'll talk ATV. I'll talk movies with you all day, man. This has been a blast. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for the offer. Of course, man. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, is there anything you want to uh, get out, promote to anything besides the, of course, the uh, 1996 finals? But I think they're sold out, ladies and gentlemen. I think they are <laughs> officially sold out. Um, ATV is working on actually multiple things right now projects um uh so we're doing stuff this year and then um duga also um we're we're writing a record uh we have like a lot of material so um it's just gonna be a matter of like getting in there and like starting to to whittle it down and everything so uh as always i've lots of fun music project stuff to work to to look forward to hell yeah man and i don't know if you can say anything Last thing, is Obsession coming to vinyl? It will. I don't know when. That's all I needed to hear. <laughs> I'll be honest, that's probably somewhere in James' head. And yeah. I, just gotta, like, <laughs> I just gotta access it, you know, but like, yeah, um, we've talked about it. Now I gotta badger James and get him on here and vinyl nerd out with him on vinyl variants. <laughs> For sure. All right, dude, thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate uh, the time. Yeah, thank you very much.